Hello and welcome back. It's True Confessions. I'm your host, Rebecca Jenkins, and today, as always, we are going to be hearing 100% real-life stories from property management professionals. For those who work as a first responder, ER doc, or are on the Hill in DC, I know you have OMG stories, but what most people don't know is property managers do too. We have an industry where fire, flood, or blood is just a normal thing, and we have to act professional in the most unprofessional moments. Today, I'm privileged to talk to Colin. He's our first international guest, which makes me really geeked out excited. And he also works for a company that is the 24-7 call line. So when normal property management companies end for the day or go out on holiday, it's his company that takes over and manages those emergency calls. So his stories are really fun. Remember that the names and the stories have been altered, communities, locations, and companies excluded. And the only thing you're gonna hear is the juicy details of his stories. Enjoy. Hi, Colin. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I'm wonderful. I am so excited to hear your stories. And I know you have several that are kind of crazy because you work off of an emergency line. So you get the crazy of the craziest. Is that right? I guess we do. Yeah, we provide an emergency service for our clients out of hours. So everything that we deal with, uh, people at least think is an emergency. That is too funny. Well, what is your most outrageous story that you want to share with us first? I guess the first one that comes to mind is that uh, quite regularly in the early hours of the morning, we deal with fire alarms being activated, whether it be kind of for an actual event on site or they actually are faulty. We quite often get them going off. Our standard response is to uh, ensure that the fire brigade or the emergency services attend, make sure that site is uh, safe, and then we'll send an engineer to go send shut that alarm off. Um, we don't tend to do that before we know that that everything is safe. Um, on this occasion, a gentleman phoned us and uh, and told us the alarm was going off. We gave him the standard advice about contacting the, the fire brigade, but he said that he was absolutely 100% certain that it was a false alarm. Um, he was very insistent on this, more than people would usually be. And when our agent talked to him for a little while longer, it transpired that in the early hours of the morning, himself and his partner had had somewhat of an argument and a disagreement within their property that had kind of started in the bedroom and progressed to other areas of, of the property. And eventually it became quite heated. And uh, the gentleman in question was kind of forcefully pushed out into the common parts of the apartment block. So he was out there in the hallway after this rather large disagreement. Um, unfortunately, he was there without any clothes on, which was one problem kind of then exacerbated by the fact that the partner and the lady in question decided that the next best thing to do was to light a cigarette and waft it under the smoker within her property to ensure that as many people as possible came out into the common parts only to be confronted with her partner sans clothes. Oh my gosh, so he was butt naked in the middle of the apartment community at very, very early in the morning? Correct, about 2 a.m. apparently. Oh my gosh, that would be very embarrassing if I were him. Yeah, uh, eventually a neighbour, a male neighbour, took pity on the gentleman and uh, I think furnished him with a towel to cover his modesty. But uh, um, the lady certainly made sure that it was uh, a night to remember in that apartment block. Oh my gosh, that is a good one. Oh man, what else do you have for us? 
Okay, well, another one could have been slightly more serious, I guess. Um, we got a call, uh, this was a couple of years back, but we got a call when someone were, came through. They said, oh, my God, have I reached the emergency out of hours? And we're like, yes, you have. How can we help? And they're like, oh, my God, I'm so, I'm so glad I've got you. Because um, it says in the common parts of the building, for any emergencies, call this number. Again, yes, no problem. How can we help you? Um, and then the the lady in question proceeded to say, yeah, I think my flatmate's appendix have just burst. So what we then had to explain to her was though there is a sign in the, in the common parts of the building saying any emergencies call, that's more than likely actually directed towards kind of um, maintenance emergencies, not medical ones. So we gave her the correct number 999. I guess if we were in your country, 911 would be the correct number to call and uh, suggested that an ambulance might be the better use of uh, of someone attending. I guess our plumbers might have been able to do like a kind of rudimentary job. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, talk about taking everything on face value and people, I guess, sometimes in, in kind of panic don't actually... Um, don't actually think too clearly, but yes, um, mistakenly through to us rather than, than anything else, but maybe a good job that we picked up the phone and were able immediately to direct them back uh, where they should have been going. She was so just stressed out that she ran to, did she have to go to like a sign and figure out your number and then call it? Well, it seems that's exactly what she did. She wasn't sure what to do when her, <laughs> when her flatmate had this problem and she came upon the sign that's very prominent in the common parts as it is in quite a lot of buildings over here and says you know if you have any emergencies call that um i don't know whether in future we need to make sure that it says you know for all medical emergencies call 999 instead but uh yeah that that was uh that was kind of i guess a close one it's um it's one i refer to in a few presentations i give and it gives now and then to put up this lovely slide of a rather enlarged appendix so it kind of grabs everybody's attention if you're doing a, a powerpoint presentation on the unusual calls that we get especially if you do it on like kind of a a, a morning after a heavy night of uh of before of the night before i bet now over here we have emergency call lines but they normally are dialed and then you leave a voicemail or a voice message, and then the respondents have to call you back. So it was really, really fortunate that you did have a live operator. And did that person's appendix, were they, did they, do you know the rest of that story? Did they end up being okay? Did it kind of help save they them? They ended up getting admitted to hospital and the appendix taken out um, kind of uh, just in the nick of time is how I understand it. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. Wow. Really glad you answered. Do you have yeah. any kind of... Uh, crazy, risque, or kind of um, funny stories? Um, I guess one recently that we were, we were party to was, um, was a call from site. And unfortunately, we have to deal reasonably regularly with antisocial behavior. Um, it's kind of a fact of life, unfortunately, and it does happen sometimes in larger blocks. Um, and we got asked if we could intercede and perhaps 
um, contact the correct people for some antisocial behaviour in what was the rear stairwell of a building. So uh, this building had a set of lifts. And so the rear stairwell was basically an emergency access or one that maybe people on the first or second floor, if they fancied some exercise, might use regularly. But other than that, usually only used in emergencies. Um, but one said resident had scaled or gone to scale the um, the steps to their, their apartment on the first floor and had found, um, I'm going to try and put this as delicately as I can, they found three people, three all of whom were naked and in the throes of interacting with one another. Is that is that one way? <laughs> so, yes. I, mean, I mean, again, not too much that we can do in that situation apart from we contacted on a non-emergency number the local police, uh, asked them to attend, and the local police did attend and removed them from site. Is, uh, again, we don't always get the full story, but uh, on this one, they, they did attend site. They had someone in the in the area. The one that makes this story slightly all the more unusual is the fact that it wasn't even 8 o'clock on a Tuesday evening that this happened. So we're not <laughs> talking about 3 o'clock in the morning or a weekend. We are talking about almost 8 o'clock on a Tuesday night, uh, in, 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 I think, April. So just a regular run-of-the-mill evening in central London, apparently. Oh, my goodness. That is uh, a crazy one. Yeah, and, and the follow-up was apparently, and we never quite got to find out if this was true, actually, because it was hearsay from another party, they actually had to return later on, the police did, when these people uh, tried to return to site. And as we understand it, they weren't even residents there. What? So they weren't even residents, and they just decided that that stairwell was there. Apparently, it was convenient. I guess, yeah. They had to do it. So the C, yeah, the CCTV footage would have been quite interesting, I guess. Oh my goodness! So I really quick, I want to back up. You said this funny phrase that we don't use here. That I would love to know if it is all encompassing. You said antisocial behavior. Is that just anything kind of disruptive, or is that yeah? Yeah. Generic term, I guess, that we would use for kind of, um, yeah, anything. I mean, whether it's people that don't live on site kind of entering and using the, using the place, you know, to especially younger people to drink or, or do something slightly worse or whatever else. Noise out of hours after 11, 12 o'clock where, you know, your neighbours are being a little bit unsociable and having a party that they shouldn't be having or having it at a noise level that they shouldn't. So it's kind of an all-encompassing kind of phrase for, for, for what we would call anything that you wouldn't quite have accept if you were treating your neighbours or, or your local kind of residents uh, kind of fairly. Got it. Yeah, we say disrupting the peaceful, quiet, and enjoyment of your community because that's how our law is stated. So we, yeah, I think I like yours better. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think we do use in some of our leases we over here, we use quiet enjoyment, I think is a phrase that is, is reasonably well known over here as well. See, so it's like same, same, but different. I love it. All right. Yeah. Well, let's finish this up with a really good, do you have a, a good or heartwarming story or kind of just a, a funny one? Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe a nice one. We had um, a very unusual call and thanks to thanks to a very understanding landlord, it actually ended up being quite a, quite a pleasant story. So we had a call from uh, a person that was um, trying to, that was basically been left the keys. Their friend had a flat that they were renting 
um, and their person was basically looking after their goldfish while they were gone, amongst other things, making sure the flat was all right. We had a call from this person um, panicking because they had uh, unfortunately misplaced, lost, whatever the word might be, uh, the keys to the property. And more than anything, were concerned that in their their friend's absence when they were supposed to be taking care of the property uh the goldfish that they were responsible for feeding may actually uh may actually die so um not yet everyday kind of request that comes through we're more used to dealing with leaks and and electrical problems and toilets and sewage and whatever else but um this person was so worried that we happened to have the landlord's contact details on file because they were a landlord that had several properties uh, through one of our clients. Um, and we ended up speaking to the landlord after first doing a bit of Googling on, a, I think it was a site called goldfishconnection.com to find <laughs> out how long the goldfish would actually live without being fed because so far it had been about 36 hours while this person had been looking for this lost key. Um, apparently they go for about three or four days without food. Um, it's, more, it's more of a problem if you overfeed them, I learned, than underfeed them. So, um, but believe it or not, the landlord actually agreed to let us send a locksmith to go and force access to the property. This tenant apparently had been a model tenant for about four years. And the landlord just said, you know what? They haven't caused me any problems whatsoever. We'll sort it out at a later date. If they're that worried, just go and send a locksmith. So a locksmith attended. Their friend met them on site at the same time. Access was granted. New key cut for the front door. And I'm not even sure if the landlord made the tenant pay for it. Um, but they were just so thankful that they literally had a tenant in there for four years that looked after the property perfectly, hadn't caused them any problems, that they were happy enough to let um, uh, to let Nemo or whatever the name of the fish was uh, <laughs> live happily on for a few months. I don't even know how long goldfish live. It probably didn't prolong the life that long, did it? Oh, my goodness. That's so sweet. It's nice of the landlord. It sounds like your company did all this research to make sure that it was the right thing to do. I think it was a slow day, to be fair. I think it was a... Yeah, I think it was a slower day than normal, to be fair, that somebody had the time to kind of Google that, first of all, to make sure if it was even worth doing something. And then subsequently was like, well, we might as well call the landlord and see if they want to do anything about it. And as I said, the landlord's view was, do you know what, that, that tenant had been so good for four years, why don't we just help them out? So maybe there's a lesson to be learned there somewhere. To be a good tenant. Yeah, and I bet that, that resident was so extremely appreciative that they came home from their holiday and their goldfish was still alive. Yeah, apparently this goldfish was very close to their heart. So I guess I guess they were. They, they probably carried on making uh, taking excellent care of the property afterwards as well. Love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your stories. They were wonderful. And I'm sure each day that passes, you get more and more. So we'd love to have you back on. Thanks, Colin. It's a pleasure. Thanks very much for your time. Hey guys, I'm looking for guests. If you have your own outlandish property management story, I want to hear and feature them on this podcast. It's so simple. Just go to multifamilytrainer.com, click on podcast and fill out the form. To record, it takes less than 30 minutes and you do it by phone. So if you're interested, reach out to me today and we'll get you scheduled. That's it for episode number eight of True Confessions Property Management. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave a review or tell a friend. 
Till next time, I'm Rebecca Jenkins, the multifamily trainer, signing off. Have a wonderful week.